Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And and I'm back. Yay. And she's back. I am back. Thank you all so much for the prayers this last week. Um, they were definitely felt and greatly appreciated. I am feeling much, 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 much better. Um, today we are on October 2nd. This is lesson number five, and it's God's powerful deliverance. But before we get into our devotional reading, I am Reverend Becky Zardi, I'm the Director of Ministry with Women for the Ministry Council for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us today. And my cohort in crime. Uh, Reverend Chris Fleming and Leo. I think he's and coming Leo out of the woods there. puppy dog. <laughs> he's jumping out of the bushes. The terror. <laughs> um, so I'm glad Becky's back. Um, Yay, me too. I wanted to take some time, and I know... Uh, Becky did too. Uh, I wanted to say thanks to the folks in uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, Cumberland Presbyterian Church up in Cumberland Presbytery. I got to share with them this past Sunday night, um, mm -hmm. and we were, I was welcomed, and I think Reverend, you were there on Monday night, right? Monday, yeah, on Monday night. They had us back to back. What what a program. Yeah. All right, so thanks. <laughs> that was fun. I appreciate it was being able awesome. to meet people. And then what else? You did something else this weekend. Yeah, this weekend I got to hang out with um, Camp Cumberland in Missouri Presbytery. And thank you all for hosting me. <laughs> and what a wonderful weekend we have. It was, it was beautiful weather, but more than the beautiful weather, the, the fellowship that we had this weekend and the opportunity to share in God's word together. It was amazing. So thank you again for the invitation and the opportunity to come in. Um, teach some spiritual disciplines and worship with you guys all right now we can continue oh wait one yeah. more thing yeah we, we got one about. more you want to take that one day in the park man yeah day in the park no i'll take that one day in the park yeah october the 4th yeah. montgomery bell state park 10 to noon afternoon after we're worshiped over we'll meet over at the lodge have some fellowship and fun but we also have some announcement coming for our encounter videos so yes, I'll let so you take it now. starting starting in the winter program, which is the December, January, February um, quarter, we are going to be starting a new format with our videos, and we're really excited because while the quality of video will probably be better since we're doing it in an actual re recording studio, um, but it's going to be it's going to be about a half an hour long. Um, and we're just going to change things up a little bit, but it's still going to be a great teaching material and opportunity for our teachers. Yeah, um, we are going to try to make the videos and the leader guide. The leader guide will stay the same for the winter quarter, but come spring, um, the videos and the leader guide will go hand in hand. Um, and yeah. so that's what we're trying to do. We have had somebody that has um, reached out and said we want to help uh, help the church, help the encounter and help help make some good stuff uh, that can be used uh, online, can be used in, in paper with classrooms or whatnot. So we're excited about trying something new. And so thanks yeah. for all of y'all making that possible Absolutely. and your passion well, for the encounter. For, yeah. And man, I'm telling you, everywhere I go, I know Chris and I talk about this all the time, but everywhere we go, we meet people who watch our videos and we just cannot thank you enough for your support. Uh, for your love, your care, and your compassion that you show for us when you meet us out and wherever it is that we're traveling. So 
thank you for continuing to support uh, the encounter and thank you for continuing to support us and what we do. You're greatly appreciated. Okay. Now on to the main deal. Now, now we can go into the lesson. So if you haven't already hit the like and subscribe button below, um, share this with your friends. So today, our scripture reading comes from Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 14 and 21 through 29. Our memory verse is Exodus 14, 13. It says, but Moses said to the people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he'll perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. Amen. That's pretty serious. So Caleb starts our discussion question in the intro. Oh, you're going too fast. You take off a week and you forget the prayer of learning. Oh, yeah, I did forget the prayer. I'm so <laughs> sorry. My bad. My bad. Okay. So let's have the prayer for illumination. I'm so sorry. Almighty God, you are always near and always protecting us. Sometimes it is difficult to understand why bad things happen when we seek to be faithful to you. In our study today. Illumine our minds to your love and providence. Let it encourage us to continue to be faithful followers. Amen. Okay. Now, that was a good prayer. Where did you find that one at? I don't think I did. I think oh. I, that was Eleanor, I believe. Nice. Very good. Well, that was an excellent prayer. Well done. So our discussion question that Caleb starts us off with. When you hear the word exodus, what words or thoughts immediately come to mind? Spirituals, spirituals, go down, Ooh. Moses. Um, this is even when I wasn't a Christian. Like the Exodus imagery is amazing, and then if you pair that with like the the uh, spirituals um, that were, um, I don't know if they were written down, but that were created in uh, early, you know, early American centuries with slavery and stuff. Uh, okay. Go down, Moses is one. God's going to trouble the water. That's another one that, like, anytime I think of Exodus, I think of those two songs instantly. So, gotcha. God, That's kind of cool. Yep. So, yeah, I do love that song. Mm, what about that's you? a good one? Um, I immediately think of the walls of water. I mean, that is like the first thing that comes to my mind, and probably just because I loved uh, the Disney Pixar animation. <laughs> so that you had the walls of water and like whales swimming which i thought was amazing but i don't know if that was necessarily true because i don't think there were whales in the red sea um but you know i i think that's probably the first one and then of course pharaoh that's the that's the other thought you know just that hard-heartedness of pharaoh i think is the other things that come immediately to my mind about about the exodus i would also just point out that like as, so the way that christians understand the central event of death burial and resurrection of jesus christ that's the same mm. passion or the same understanding that jews would have of the uh, exodus yes and so yeah um you yeah. have like near death and then going through the waters and then coming out the other side yeah yep and we'll talk about that 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 becomes a type i like to use the word type this event yep. becomes a type of how we're to understand salvation in the New Testament as well. So, yes. Yeah. Typology for sure. Yeah. So, Caleb awesome. starts off with the second book of the Bible sees the family of God's promise dwelling in the land of Egypt 
first as resident aliens, then as slaves. So we have this, this continuation of the story. And this is how he introduces us to this, of this Abrahamic promise that was down through Isaac and Jacob. And now we're here with the people having populated and living under horrendous conditions under Pharaoh. Yes. And then like so, just to kick it in from last week, I mean, like, which he goes on, he, he, I think he talks about this later in the lesson, but I mean, the, the point being is, is that Joseph uh, was lifted up. Um, that's how the Israelites went to Egypt. Yeah. And now how they're going to get to the promised land. And so, um, yeah. So Pharaoh and yeah, they're, they're doing a full, this full circle. So, um, in last week's lesson, I'm not sure if you talked about when they came to the land of Goshen, um, there were, if I remember correctly, there were 70 people. Yeah, I can't remember. Is what came into when, when Joseph was there and he invited all the family down, I think there were 70 people that ended up in the land of Goshen. And then the family grew and they prospered and they did well, which if we go back to the Abrahamic covenant then that God was going to multiply this family and have descendants more numerous than the stars, right? So this family has done really well and, and has kept this part of the promise. They have multiplied right. immensely um, to the point where I think scholars um, estimate at this point in time when, when the exodus happens, there's approximately like 1.5 million yeah. that, that, that leave the land of Egypt. Um, so that's that's really interesting. So let's jump into exploring the scripture and talk a little bit more about this historical and contextual setting. What do you what do you got in here? What do I really... have? Um, what do you have? Again, uh, number one, we it, I find it interesting. I mean, like one of the things that Joseph could be held in such esteem, but then generations later, um, forgotten. Yeah, and, but it doesn't surprise me. That's the key. We've read through uh, Ecclesiastes, right? Uh, yeah. So. I mean, people it is forget. what it is. Yeah, people forget because, you know, even back then, people were more about the moment than whatever else. Um, yep. And then also, I like what uh, that second paragraph, start of the second par paragraph, fear often leads yeah. to hate, hate often leads to violence, and when violence is carried out by those in power, the result is often oppression. And that's human, mm. that's human nature. And I'm not justifying yeah. it at all. It's just this is how life works and has worked since the beginning. Um, and yes. so um not human nature stuck as it is i do believe like it, it is the only then answer that we have to violence and oppression isn't isn't a new somehow more righteous group of people becoming powerful no. it's that god intervenes and breaks the chains and pulls people out of slavery um yes so you know, I think that's important for us to understand in this day and age, like where you're going to put your hope is not in political systems. It's not in, um, you know, who owns the means of production. It's not, it's, it's yeah. still going to be by the power of God. It's going to be through the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. And that is yeah. an important thing. I think that's how we, and I don't know if it can happen here on this earth. Um, I don't want to be like somebody yeah. that just, you know, already calls it done, but I mean, like you have citizens of heaven, sure. you have citizens of earth, like, yeah. I, I totally agree. Well, some people won't, but I, I think that's just how it is. Like we as Christians, we shouldn't exercise power on this earth. Our exercise of power should be service. And so that 
precludes us from being the the people in charge. It never works well in the history of the church. When the church gets the same power as the (laughs) government, it it doesn't work out well. It seems to go awry when when we're in charge. Um, There seems to be a a phrase that I've repeated frequently lately, hmm. and it's, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So. And then uh, the other thing I would say would be uh, that I think is important is even when all seems lost, God is still working. Like, and part of faith is saying, I don't know, like the psalmist, how long, Lord? Like, who knows how long we might be in? I mean, they were in slavery for 400 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, two thirds of what we've been as a nation in America. We can't even fathom 400 years of slavery. No. So anyway, but God's there. But but still, even in slavery, they prospered and they multiplied and they became a larger nation. You know, in that same paragraph, Caleb says that the suffering of the Israelites was extensive and the promises of God's covenant with Abraham, that they would become a great nation must have seemed distant or forgotten. But in chapter two, verses 24 through 25, we see that God has not abandoned them. Therefore, God began the work of delivering the people from Egypt. Yeah. And I think that's something really important that we need to remember as teachers, that it wasn't Moses that delivered the people. I mean, he did the action. He did, he did the physical work, but it was, it was God's promise. And it was Always God was. who did, did the work to deliver these people, to rescue them from the oppression that they were suffering under. And God will do the same for us today. And does the same for us today. God rescues, rescues us. He does. Um, I also did like in the next paragraph that Caleb said that Moses was mentioned 803 times in scripture. That doesn't. That was really cool. Mentioned more than Abraham. But I mean, like, honestly, like, I, I didn't realize until later on in life. I think I wrote something about Moses in one of the encounters. And I had to do extensive study on Moses and all that just. He was an amazing dude i mean like yeah more so than i could even think like i've been struck by the and when you take time to read things like don't jump to the big events but just read through just the quality of moses who he was and and like i mean like he didn't get to go to the promised land because he struck a rock in anger to get water like think of how many heroes like Abraham pretended to be like his wife's brother, like like I, or David sleeps with Bathsheba. Peter like you know denies Jesus. I mean Moses was one that like pretty much you know he was pretty solid uh, yeah. for a long time in in great greatly stressful situations. He's worth studying. I yeah. think it wasn't yeah, always absolutely. perfect, but comparatively Moses, speaking to the no. rest of the biblical heroes, not bad. <laughs> Right. I mean, he did commit murder, but before he became Christian, think of all the stupid things all the other people did after they were right. He didn't become a Christian, whatever, became faithful to Yahweh. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, but it, it is interesting just the the dynamic person that Moses had to have been. And that's something I think that's worth diving into as as a teacher to really think about who Moses was. I mean, he was raised in the Egyptian royalty. So he understood 
the ins and outs, the workings of, of the royalty. But at the same time, he was raised by his nursemaid who happened to be his mother. Um, so he would also have been, I'm sure taught his Jewish heritage, you know, even though he was adopted into Pharaoh's family, he was also taught his Jewish heritage. And I think it was, wasn't it when he was 40 that he murdered yeah. the Egyptian in anger? And then when? he ran away. I mean, so, I mean, think about the fact that he was 40. Yeah. It wasn't like he was an angry 15-year-old. You yeah. know, he had lived a great many years inside of the royalty, with the royal family, understanding how the, the inner workings happen. And then after he murdered the Egyptian, he was so afraid, <clears throat> he ran away and became a shepherd. And did that for 40 years. Right. So he was 80 when when God found him on the mountain. Yeah. And he I mean, still came up with excuses, you know. Look, I don't I don't talk real well. <laughs> I don't think I'm the one you need to send, you know. But after that, he was pretty awesome. solid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just it's amazing if you really stop and think about the lifespan that he he led, the experiences that he went through to come to this culminating point of leading the Jewish people from Pharaoh out of, out of that land of Egypt, you know, to me, that's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal when you really think about it. So the final plague happens and we have the death of the firstborn children in Egypt. And then Pharaoh finally says, fine, take your people, get the heck out of here we're done but then pharaoh's heart was hardened and then we have this as i love how caleb says this the stage has been set for the dramatic final act in the story of israel's deliverance from egypt i love that ending sentence so he goes to this discussion question. He says, why do you think the story of Israel's exodus from slavery in Egypt under Moses's leadership became a foundational story for the Israelite people's faith and theology in later generations? And still today. And still today. Why and do you I think say, so? Um, because we've said this throughout scripture, like the way, um, the way we develop as human beings and, and a good biblical model of teaching is to act out something. And as you act it out and you grow and mature, the acting becomes part of your belief. And so like in a very, again, typological way, if you want to, I mean, we're released from slavery of sin. Yeah. And we're headed to the promised land through the death of Christ. I mean, like, you know, yeah. the water was split, the veil was split, these kinds of things. Like it's so like oftentimes God uses physical things to illustrate a spiritual point. It's like blindness in the New Testament, you know, lame people mm. walking, these kinds of things. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think that's why this became the other thing is that Exodus then is also the foundation by which we think of our separateness from the world. Like Egyptian, the Egyptians were the dominant culture. And what those 10 plagues did was to assert God's dominance over the powerful culture. And then also the Exodus said that you're going to be my people and you're going to be different than the Egyptians. So like yes. everything in the books of book of Exodus was basically a denial of the power and the 
culture of the Egyptians. And so I think that carries over then to the New Testament, that even though there's a powerful culture and government or war armies or whatnot, we're separate. We have different values in the world. We have different exercises of power than the world. And Mm -hmm. God is our protector and God is our leader, not Mm -hmm. any political party, government, whoever. It's not right. that's drenched in in the old and new testament really yeah absolutely or i should say yeah, the old is new it testament. is it paul who says that we're in the world but we're not of the world uh jesus kind of refers to it when jesus said that uh, too when yeah. he's doing the uh his final discourse in john i mean mm, yeah um but anyway i think that's why that's my that's my take i i would totally agree with that that was an excellent explanation Mm. so let's dig a little deeper shall we yeah what what do you have in digging deeper that really stuck out to you um not as much i think when i read this whole thing i can kind of sum sum it up as saying you know faith makes a difference in how you understand things so like bottom of the sure that first paragraph i mean like there's two ways to think about this whole like uh deliverance thing like yeah, it's hard, and you could accuse God of just wanting to kill them in the wilderness, um, like that last part of the first yeah. paragraph. What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt, right? Let us alone. Yeah. Serve the Egyptians. Like, when you lack faith, then that's the way you'll feel. Um, but if you have sure. the you know, imagination of faith, what is possible when you're free? Who knows? But you know it's not going to be we've talked about this plenty of times i mean we're just comfortable being comfortable um even if it's terrible sure. at least it's, you know something. well you know and i think that's the thing that we need to understand with the israelites is even though the oppression that they suffered under was horrendous you know the, the brutality that they suffered under the egyptians it was still suffering that they understood yeah or they knew you how know, to live. Yeah, they knew how to survive even under that oppression. And and now they're being brought out into something completely unknown to them, completely new, yeah. uncertain, um, and terrifying. And and this is where and this is where the vast majority of them were. Like, why did you bring us out here to the wilderness where they're not graves enough for us in Egypt? because this was something completely new and unknown to them and uncertain their future was not they couldn't look ahead and say tomorrow tomorrow we're going to live you know what's gonna it must have been absolutely terrifying i like that second last last sentence of the second paragraph on page 26 essentially mm -hmm. caleb writes good job caleb this is a good good line yeah Essentially, as the Israelites shout at Moses with the words, Egypt, 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 Moses reassures them with the word, God, God, God. And that's what I was trying yeah. to say earlier is God's delineating between, between the two, for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and he, he goes on to say in that next paragraph, basically what I, what I was just talking about, that the, the Israelites were here forced to trust and rely solely upon God, but they didn't know how to do that. Yeah. And you got to learn those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and you relearn it every generation. You relearn it really in your own life. 
when sure. I mean, like, I mean, how many times do you go to, I mean, not, I don't want to be a drama queen here, but like there, I mean, like as you live, you know, as you become like when you first become a parent, how scary is that? Oh, and then like, or like when your it's kid gets fine. a driver's license and they go out, like take a big trip for the first time. Like you come back to these moments where you're absolutely powerless. And the only thing you can do is uh, just trust. And yes. then, you know, there's stories where it didn't turn out well. Like, right. And you still got to live. Right. And yes. And faith makes a difference in that. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cause moments. you can't, you can't put people in a plastic bubble and yeah. expect them to live life. I mean, that just, it just doesn't work that way. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, lose your job. Same. Financial ruin. Things what do happen. Do? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all terrifying things. And I think that's what, what we're getting at here with the Israelites and the Egyptians is it was the evil that they knew and understood. And God was trying to offer them this new way, this different way, but they, they didn't see it. They couldn't understand it. They didn't have the foresight to see that it was going to be better. Right. And so they were terrified. They were absolutely terrified and weren't sure how to trust completely in God. Even with all the plagues though, I mean, that just, you know, that's something else that's hard for us to wrap our head around is the fact that they witnessed these plagues happen to the Egyptians and still they were fearful. I don't know. I like, I'm not too high on myself to know, like I've seen God do amazing things in my life, but the next chapter is always scary. Sure. I mean, that's true. So like, and I have no reason to be scared, but it, it is what it is. I, again, that's sure. human nature and that's something we battle. So I don't know. I'm yeah. not as hard on the Egyptians as, as other people might be. I've said before in a sermon, the only difference between, you know, the slaves or the Pharisees is about, you know, in the case of the uh, Hebrew slaves, 6,000 years. In the case of the Pharisees, two right. years. That's the only difference between me and them. <laughs> it's just years. That's true. That, that's That's really true. That's really true. So Caleb points us to Matthew at the bottom, bottom of this section of digging deeper. It's the very top of page 27. And this is going on with that, with that type of what's happening here. So here we have Matthew in chapter 20 and chapter two, an angel warns Joseph to flee to Egypt with Mary and Jesus because the king of Israel, Herod, thought to murder him. So we have this story of Joseph and Mary and Jesus fleeing to Egypt instead of the the reverse where we fled from Egypt to the promised land. Now but then he also gets called back. Going to Egypt, but then he does get called back. But he closes this section with he's no longer an Egyptian pharaoh that is being the oppressor, but it's a Jewish ruler. Yeah. So and I thought have... that was great how the, the reversal happened there. And that goes into the discussion question, so I'll read it. What mm -hmm. might Matthew yeah. be implying by drawing attention to the many parallels between Israel's persecution under Pharaoh and Egypt and Jesus's flight to Egypt due to the due to persecution under King Herod? So my Mount Pleasant friends, they had a whole like evening about this. Um, when you look at the book of Matthew, this isn't the only time. Matthew mm -hmm. intentionally puts Jesus as, a, I'll say this, an antitype of Israel in the sense of, Israel fails all the time in the wilderness. 
after they come out of Egypt, they're unfaithful. They complain. They build a golden calf. They, they're disobedient every single time. And Israel is supposed to be like, if they can't do it, nobody else could either. And so what right. Matthew tries to do is to say Jesus is faithful. Like Jesus is the faithful son or the faithful Israelite. And so in Jesus then, what that generation that died in the wilderness failed to do, Jesus will bring us in the promised land. Jesus was faithful mm -hmm. as opposed to the Israelites from, yeah. you know, the Exodus all the way on to, you know, the Pharisees in the first century. Jesus is faithful. Mm -hmm. In him is our Exodus. Um, mm -hmm. And he does it all. And actually, I'll say this. Uh, you'll get this in the winter edition of the encounter too. Um, the uh, temptation account. All three of those temptations were temptations faced by the Israelites on their way to the promised land. All three of the things that Jesus says come from Deuteronomy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the way yeah. Israel should have acted, but failed to do. Anyway. Very good. Yeah, I think so. It's kind Absolutely. of interesting. No, no, it's, it's the, that parallel of, of Jesus being the completion and the fulfillment of everything Israel should have been and couldn't, Jesus said. Right. He is, he is the way to the promised land. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Amazing. He is the way, the truth, the life, the bread, the vine. He is amazing. Yeah. So that, that's, and it, and it is really cool when you start putting it together, when you start pulling the scripture and realizing the parallels from the old Testament to the new Testament and how they worked back and forth. I mean, that is phenomenal in and of itself. I love when we can dig deep and, and look at stuff like that. So let's learn from the scripture. We'll do it. Mm. So mm. Caleb says in the bottom of that first paragraph, he says, I'll admit that I would be quick to hurl accusations and insults at my leader if they claim that God led us to such a place. Yeah. I mean, Caleb. you know. True. It's true. Yeah. I mean, again, that goes back to what we were just talking about human nature. That it is, it is the, is Leo yes. jumping out of the bushes Dork. again? Poor Leo puppy. That, that whole human nature of the uncertain, the unknown, how, how do we handle such situations? Um, you know, we're ourselves are consumed with fear and doubt. You know, here we are caught between this army and again you have to think back to what the israelites would have been right they were the oppressed people obviously i don't think they had a lot of weaponry um because that would allow revolts to happen so i don't know that the oppressors would really let you have that sort of stuff so they have this really well-trained well-armed army backing up this nation of of agrarian farmers with carts and oxes up against the Red Sea and and what a horrible situation that would have been and terrifying. I mean, if you were an Israelite, that would have been terrifying. You see this, this army, this well-trained, well-armed army coming at you and you have nowhere to go. Yeah. You have nowhere to go except drown in the sea. So that would have been, so I understand what Caleb was saying because that would be a terrifying place to yeah. be uh, as a human being. So let's put it in real life. Do that discussion question. Let's put it in your life. I mean, uh, okay, you've, you've set it up well. Army, 
C, mm-hmm. you're in the middle. All they want to yeah. do is kill you. Right. You have no weapon. So how do you answer that discussion question? I mean, at that point, you'd be questioning a lot of things in your life. Sure, sure. The discussion question at the end of learning from scripture? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which says, have you ever questioned God's will for your life because of an unforeseen problem or confusing event? Yes. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> oh Share my with goodness. our listeners. Okay. Um, because they need more stories about me. Yeah. Um, man. It's hard to put it in just one. I have had so many times where we have moved to different cities and I didn't understand why we had to move because things were going well wherever it was that we were. Um, But we felt compelled to, or for whatever reason, we had to move. And every time we've moved, I, I question why, 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 why? But then something would happen, amazing would happen, and and God would reveal to me, this is why I had to be here at this time, because I was supposed to meet this person and be a part of their life, or, um, you know, or sometimes it was for me, like, why did I move to Marion, Kentucky? To meet Terracisco, that's same time that Reverend Terracisco moved to Marion, Kentucky, and, and that's why, because that's what got me back into church. That's what got me introduced to the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Um, you know, so there's a reason that I needed to move to Marion, Kentucky. Um, sometimes it was changing jobs. Like I didn't understand why I would have to change jobs. But then at the same time, now that I'm in the position I'm in, I can look back at all of the jobs that I've held and go, okay, those were the skills that I learned back here that now I'm able to use and utilize in the position that I'm in. So yeah, there has been a lot of times in my life that I just, you know, was really frustrated about whatever it was that I was going through. Um, But now I can look back and go, I see where God was working in that. Yeah. I think looking backwards is the key a lot of times. I mean, like we, we would like to have ourselves to where we can convince ourselves that looking forward is easy, but um it's hard there's two times where i can put in too my many life. unknowns yeah. there was um i was going for my doctorate and i was trying to decide what program to go into like and what college and all that jazz and anyway i got a rejection letter from one and i was so convinced that that was where i was supposed to go that when i got the rejection letter i thought mm. they just missent uh like they just put in the wrong letter by accident oops uh, <laughs> And that shook me because like I had never in my life thought that I could completely misread God's will. Um, so that was a struggle for me. But it, of course, mm. uh, that led me to eventually led me to where I am now. So it is what it is. Uh, and sure. it's good. And the other thing was. Um, I had felt like I had done a lot of um, charitable deeds, opening my home and all that jazz and and then I wasn't getting a lot of places in my personal life because every time I turned around, there was always something to do. Um, and that really frustrated me. Um, I mean, it stopped me from being able to have, you know, really a life at all, period. And so I kind of got tired of it. I remember talking to God one time uh, and I'm like, this, I can't keep doing this. Like something's got to give or send me, you know, I need, I need encouragement. I'll say that. Um, and then that worked out because you know, God's timing is better than mine. And 
now my life is completely different than it was, uh, but still get to do some good work. It's different work, but I also feel a little more fulfilled with my family, my wife, kids. Um, and so that was a rough time though. Good Lord. That's so sure. Hard. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think sometimes God takes us through those rough moments so that one, we're appreciative of, of the good times. Um, but two, I think in those rough moments, what we, what we try to do, especially in the beginning is really try to rely on our own selves and our wisdom. And it's when it gets really hard that we go, God, I can't, I I need you in this. And, and, And that's what I think really God wants us to do in the first place is just rely on him and his wisdom. But sometimes we've got to hit those rough patches to, to get there. Yeah, I think that's what he brings up. I think that's how we, I mean, like, Caleb, you did a good job. This flowed pretty well because I think that, yeah. you know, applying the scripture basically is when you're in the rock and the hard place or the sea and the Pharaoh's army, I mean, what, what options you got? Like, you can right. either just deny any kind of faith. Here's the thing, though. If you deny everything, then you'll probably get crushed by Pharaoh's army. As a Christian person, what are you going to give up because time's got hard? I mean, like it's going to get hard with or without God. What are you going to do? Yeah, right. So anyway, um, yeah. I think he says that really well on the last paragraph of page 28. He says, following Christ is like walking blindfolded through the obstacle course of life. If our faith is not strong, we will find it incredibly difficult to move. And often we'll choose to return to our predictable broken situations. But if we reach out to God, desire to hear God's voice in our lives, and actively practice placing our trust in our creator and sustainer, we'll find the strength and the courage to move wherever God calls us. Yes, and if y'all hear a squeaky toy, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) The other thing that I think that I, I wanted to bring out is when we're in those situations, like I was blessed, because single in the ministry has a lot of positives. But also being single in ministry, you're missing a support that you might otherwise might not have. But I remember some of my elders at the Margaret Hank Church, God bless them. They were my Moses in a sense. They were assuring me life was on the right track, even when I couldn't see it. And so I think Moses probably should be uh, heralded in this sense. And it also shows our responsibility as Sunday school teachers, as preachers. Like you have people in your pews that are struggling deeply. Yeah. And they're trying this church thing and they're hanging on by thread and they need you faithful people in their lives to see what they can't and then to proclaim it. Like this is the gospel. Um, And I think Moses in his way, that was the gospel to the Israelites. When you're, you see the army, you see the Red Sea, at least one person can see through that. Yes. And see God working in it. Yeah, and you need that. Like, and so, yeah. like, and, and if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not a Sunday school teacher, you're not a preacher or whatnot, like, you have a role, like, as a parent or as a friend. Absolutely. Yeah, be prayed up because you need to see what God is doing sometimes. And hopefully somebody's faithful in your life and they'll return the favor. But sometimes mm-hmm. you got to have that person that just sees it and, and pushes mm-hmm. you forward. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely important. Yeah, that's that's the encourager that we need in our life. 
that's that's the reason that's the reason that community is so important you know the whole nation of israel came together to be set apart to be different from the rest of the world and that's what we are as followers of christ we're different from the rest of the world we're not like everybody else we're supposed to be something different and show the world a different way of doing life of living here in this amazing creation that is our responsibility but we do that in community and when we forsake that fellowship of believers when we forsake that community we're missing a huge part of who we are and what we're supposed to be and that's why that's why coming to Sunday school class is important. That's why coming to worship together on Sunday mornings is important because you need that community. You need that fellowship around you because this is where, this is where your life is lived. This is the people that are supposed to encourage and embolden you in your walk. See. Yeah. Anything else, Rick? Man. Good job, Caleb. This was, this yeah, was excellent. Um, an excellent study. I hope uh, I hope our teachers really dive deeper into Moses this week and uh, take a good look at just what an amazing person Moses really was. I mean, more than just the cursory glance that we often give Moses. I mean, really do some digging. And uh, if you're in the Cookville Church and you're watching this and you get a chance, tips are not required, but always appreciated if you want to bless Brother Caleb, maybe do that. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Absolutely. Not kidding. <laughs> he just got married. Help him out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, any parting shots? Be blessed, my beautiful friends. And uh, remember, Day in the Park's coming up. Yep. Want to see your smiling faces there? Would love to see you. Now, I guess I will end this with May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Bye, everyone.